Once again, we're going to be in the book of Genesis, but I want to read something here. Jesus says in John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that you may have peace. A lot of us need peace, don't we? We need peace. So many things that happen around the world, we need peace. He says, in this world, you're going to have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Today, I bring you this message called trapped. Trapped. We're trapped. We're going to be in the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings. We're going to start a reading from chapter 41 of Genesis as we continue to look at the life of Joseph. And Joseph is highly favored by God, and he's also highly favored by his father. He's also hated greatly by his, his brothers, and that led them to almost murdering him. Joseph would have gone from being trapped in a pit to enslaved in a prison, and then if he eventually goes from a prison to a palace. This is an amazing adventure story. If you like adventure stories, this is a great story. This is a great adventure story that you should read uh, of a person who's being trapped but overcomes adversity in their life. Trapped beyond what many of us have ever experienced in our life before. Yet God was with him and God is for him. And God... Uh, he has God's favor all over him, but Joseph also is faithful to God and willing to yield to God. And he was brought to a new height that most people would never achieve while they're living on earth. What a great story. Trapped in one sense and yet loved dearly by God. And which helps us understand that the situations that we find ourselves in do not and should not um, dictate where we end up in our life. It's often part of our life's journey. It's part of our journey towards success and achieving God's purpose and plans that he has for us. So it's part of the journey. While Satan and others uh, want to take us off mission and make you feel small, make you feel insignificant and trapped in your current woes, God has plans for you. Did you know that? God has plans for you. Yes, he does. He has plans for you, brother, and they're good. And if we remain faithful to the very end, we too will be blessed beyond measure and understanding, and much good will be done for the kingdom of God. I believe that, and, for, and those things are going to last for uh, eternity. With that being said, that does not mean you will not face hard times. You will face hard times. We will have trouble. And Joseph is currently trapped, no way out, facing a life sentence in prison for a crime he did not uh, commit and we can feel trapped in different ways and in different seasons of our life but remain faithful to God trust the call that you have in your life trust that call trust trust that and understand that it really doesn't matter what people do to you or or what the devil meant for evil to come upon you or even your own harmful choices that you make God has a plan and a purpose for your family God has a plan and a purpose for your family, for, for us, for you, for you as the individual. And they're good. And he has plans to give us um, a hope and a future. And so when we read about Joseph's struggles, know that you're not alone. Know that people struggled before you. And people are going to come after you and they're going to struggle as well. But how you go through those situations and those struggles matter. And the question really is, will we, will we remain faithful to God to the very end. Will we remain faithful? Okay, by now you should have Genesis 41 opened in your Bibles, and we're going to read from verses 9 through 16. Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, Today I'm reminded of my shortcomings. Pharaoh was once very angry with his servant. He imprisoned me and the chief baker in the house of the captain of the guards. Each of us had a dream the same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. Now, young Hebrew, and we know that Hebrew is Joseph, um, was there with a servant, with us, a servant of the captain of God. We told him our dreams, and he interpreted them for us, giving each man the interpretation of his dreams, and things turned out exactly as he interpreted them to us. I was restored to my position, and the other man was hanged. Oh, that's, that's some interpretation there, right? So Pharaoh sent for Joseph. And he was quickly brought from the dungeon. When he, when he had shaved and changed his clothes, he came before the Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream. No one can interpret it. But I have heard it said that, that you, and when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. I cannot do it. Joseph replied, 
uh, to Pharaoh, but God will give Pharaoh the answer, uh, the answer he desires. Let's, let's pray. Father God, help us when we're feeling trapped by our life. Help us, oh God. Help us uh, in life's worries and woes and hardships that we go through and our trials. Help us to live according to your words, Father God. Help us, God. Help us to trust you, to rely on you, to depend on you through anything that we're going through because you have great plans and purposes for us. Help us to stay focused on your will regardless of where we find ourselves in life, regardless of where we end up, regardless of what we're doing. We put our full trust and faith in you and you alone. Bless the word. Bless that what's said. Open up our hearts and our ears to receive from you today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Joseph is hated by his brothers and he's favored by his father. His father favored him because his father gave him the special coat that had significance of the birthright in that time. Even though he had... Even though Joseph had 10 older brothers, he was hated because he was a dreamer. And that his dream said that his whole entire family is going to bow down to him one day. Joseph's highly favored by his dad. He's highly favored by God. But he's hated by his brothers to the point they wanted to murder him. And they plot against him to murder him. They throw him into a pit and sold him into a life of slavery. And now we find him in prison for a crime that he did not commit, and then we find that he's eventually forgotten. And so that, let's take a closer look at how Joseph goes from the pit to the prison, and he was trapped and forgotten. He was trapped and forgotten. And so he goes from the pit to the prison, and soon he'll go from the prison to the palace. But first, let's look how Joseph was trapped. Joseph was trapped by his father Jacob's affection and by the way Jacob is also called Israel in the Bible and he shows uh, the favor uh, to Joseph his one of his almost the youngest son um, more than to his older brothers his ten brothers and so his brothers hated him for Joseph was trapped by his youth he was trapped by his immaturity and after giving the first dream of his family and, and you can listen to that message uh, last week or the, the last time, uh, over, Overcoming Hatred. Or you can read about it also in Genesis chapter 37. Joseph delivers a second dream, uh, basically informing the family that you will bow down to me one day. If, it, if you didn't get it the first time, you'll get it the, in the second dream. And while his father took this to heart and pondered it, he, he rebuked Joseph for giving that dream. The oldest, you know, just going forward and telling, telling your brothers about this, that you will bow down to me. Probably if anyone has older brothers, it's probably not something you want your younger brother to do. And let me say this too. Even if it's a, a God dream, it doesn't mean that it has to be shared at that moment. It, uh, don't move ahead of God's perfect timing. Don't, don't, don't go ahead even if God reveals something to you. Be, be wise. Even, um, even in the right time, it doesn't mean that people are going to receive that dream from you. Um, every week a message goes out to, from this pulpit and there are people who might not receive the, this message. And God's word is going out really around the world and um, they're reading scripture and a prophetic message goes out and it's not received so often by the masses. Sin like jealousy uh, will often blind people from God's, God's words and from God's truth. It will just blind people. And so before you make fun or or reject the word, or reject what God's trying to say, or just be a hater in general, um, take a deeper look at yourself. Go deeper in your own situation. Ask yourself, is this a word from God? Is this a word of God for me? Uh, is this scriptural teaching? Is this the truth taken out of the word of God? And then always test scripture with scripture. Right? Test scripture with scripture. Don't just follow it, or just receive it, or, or, or you know, take it, uh, at, at like blind faith, but don't also reject it for those same reasons. Joseph was trapped initially, um, and then he's thrown into a pit and left to die. He was trapped. Joseph was trapped. And then he sold into slavery, uh, eventually to Potiphar, who was the captain of the guard. And if you remember what happens next, uh, he is set up by Pharaoh's wife and he's thrown into prison. Why? Because Potiphar's wife had wandering eyes. He liked what, she liked what she saw, and she had eyes for Joseph. 
And scripture tells us now Joseph was well built and handsome. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. Uh, but Joseph refused her over and over again. Now, normally, uh, now Joseph, I should say, was a normal, healthy uh, young man. So he had to deal with his own emotions and his own hormones and his aloneness and his enslavement and being away from his family for, for many years and the feelings that he of abandonment, all these things that he was going through. And now he's wanted by this woman. And maybe he was an older woman. I, I don't know, because Joseph was still a young man. But it's also interesting that to note that Joseph doesn't have the Ten Commandments at this time. He does not have the Ten Commandments at that time. They weren't even written yet, but we know that God has written uh, these things on our hearts. And when we're moved and motivated by God, we start to learn to do the right things instead of the wrong things. We learn right and wrong. And so we should be moved and motivated by God. And just by dwelling in his house and dwelling in his presence and listening to that quiet voice deep inside of you as you start asking the Lord, help me, guide me, lead me, reveal truth to me, he will start doing that. I believe that. He will start doing that. Those words are written inside our DNA, inside our hearts. And Joseph says to her, then, how, how then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And, and though she spoke to Joseph day after day after day, he, he refused to go to bed with her or even uh, be with her. Joseph was trapped. He was trapped. It really seemed like he had no way out, right? He was a slave. He could just get up and go and do whatever he felt like doing. But regardless of where you find yourself uh, and regardless of where he found himself, he didn't sin against God. And God is still with Joseph even in the pit. Even in the valley of the shadow of death, through all the storms of life, God is with him. We see that God is with him. And God is with us too. And now uh, he's with Joseph. God is with Joseph in prison and he's highly favored. And I think Potiphar knew that his wife uh, was messed up in the head, that she was messed up in the heart and knew that she was lying. And so he, so Potiphar spares Joseph's life. And remember this, not only is Joseph blessed by God and highly favored, Potiphar prospered as well. So God's blessing reaches beyond you. God's blessing reaches beyond Joseph. And the Lord is blessing Potiphar's household. Now Potiphar knows this and keeps Joseph alive. And I think what is interesting, Potiphar is the captain of the guard and is now placing Joseph in the prison as an overseer. And, and, that, and that place, that prison is going to be blessed as well. When we're living rightly, when we become uh, Christians, when we become born-again believers, we are to become carriers of God's a blessing, carriers of, of God's words, carriers of His glory, carriers of God's blessing wherever we go. Now, this new place of work really um, wasn't something that he had a choice to do or not. This, this new place of, of work wasn't really the comforts of the Egyptian home. He's in prison. And now he's serving a life sentence for a crime that he did not do. And the Bible says that Joseph was in a dungeon. And that means it's a dark, damp place. And it's not a healthy place uh, to be for many, many reasons. Not like a lot of the prisons uh, today in this country where the prisoners get three square meals and they get access to, to TV and, and computers and they get to read and they get to get law degrees and they get dental and medical coverage and it runs fifty eighty thousand dollars a year whatever it is and while the our prison system is still messed up and it's a dangerous place you do not want to go there you do not want your kids to go there you do not want to go there it compares nothing to the dungeons of of egypt and joseph's trapped and he's trapped there joseph's sentence is facing a life sentence no way out and there's no way of a, a, of escape and joseph is trapped and in prison but god is still in that dungeon Amen? God is still in that dungeon. Let's read about it. Genesis 39, beginning at verse 20. But Joseph was there in prison. The Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and, and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention, it says, no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord is with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. I think that's incredible. I don't know about you, but I think that's absolutely incredible. His brothers couldn't understand him. His brothers didn't see this. His brothers could not understand Joseph. They really couldn't see what God was doing 
in Joseph's life, in this young man's heart. They could, he couldn't see it, but, but this warden saw he, he saw, Potiphar saw, right? Knew that God had his hand in favor all over his life. And the captain of the guard, Potiphar, saw that God had favor on Joseph and was blessing Joseph. And you know, people sometimes outside your family, uh, they can see sometimes things that your family do not see, right? And they can see things in your life that others just won't, won't see. And when you live rightly and you live rightly, many times they'll remember you in times of trouble and when they're going through hard times and they'll start asking you, for help, and they'll start asking you questions. But when it comes to a family, so often pride just gets in the way, jealousy gets in the way, blindness kind of gets in their way. Remember what Jesus said in Mark 6, verse 4 through 6, only in his hometown, among the relatives, and in his own house, is a prophet without honor. He, uh, Jesus, cannot do miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick and, and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. And so often, when we look around, if we're not careful, we'll be amazed at people's lack of faith. Your family and friends, they might not see the hand of God in your life, and they might not uh, see what's happening, and therefore you might feel trapped in your life, trapped in your own house, right? Trapped about your situation. Uh, but, but just God, He's with you, and you're highly favored. Amen? Believe that in, that, in your heart. If you are a born-again believer... You are highly favored. You are blessed. And you are going to be blessed both years soon with a new child. Amen for that. And so Joseph takes care of his business regardless of what people are saying about him. Regardless of where he finds himself. Regardless of the situation. Um, because Joseph is very aware of his God. He's very aware. And he knows that God is, that God is ultimately in control and that he works for God. He doesn't work for man. And over and over again, you'll hear me say that, that we work unto the Lord. We work for the Lord. Our services for the Lord. We volunteer for the Lord. We, sometimes we get paid. Sometimes we don't get paid. But all our work in the house of God, outside the house of God, is working unto the Lord. And the Lord is watching us. And so when you slack and lack and do your own thing, the Lord knows. He knows if you've been naughty or nice. He knows where you where you are. He's aware of your situation and your current needs and attitudes. And I also say that some people are not blessed at the level that they could be blessed because of their poor work effort and their poor attitudes that they have in life, the grumbling, the complaining. Joseph had every reason to give in and sin, every reason, uh, but he feared God more than man. He knew deep inside that, uh, that doing some of these things would have been wrong. Right? And doing these things would be right. And he placed his life fully into God's hands. And he did what's right, even when he was being mistreated, even when he was treated wrongly, even when the situation looked bleak, even when he was trapped without any human way of him getting out. Joseph was not only trapped, but Joseph was forgotten. Joseph was forgotten. We learned that in chapter 40. The cupbearer and the baker to the, uh, to the king of Egypt are placed in prison. And they're placed in the custody of Potiphar, who assigns these men to Joseph, who attends there. And I'm sure Potiphar knew them personally. I don't know about you, but I think Potiphar knew them personally and knew jo Joseph was going to treat them well and treat them as good as he possibly can while they were in prison. And after some time of being in prison, they had these dreams. And both of them had these dreams on the same exact night. And when Joseph saw them the next morning, he saw that they were downcast. And let's just pause for a moment and understand this, that Joseph's a real person. This is not just a fairy tale. This is a real person. Joseph's a real person with real feelings. And he's in prison. He's abandoned by his family, right? Left to die. Then they put him away in, into, uh, in slavery. He's eventually accused of a crime that he did not do. And then he takes time to notice other people. He takes time to care for other people, these men uh, who were downcast. I don't know about you, but I don't know what I would have done if I was in this situation, but I hope that as I hear these stories and learn these stories, that my behavior would be similar to Joseph. And I hope you will too, because I know too often too many believers take on this cranky attitude and this grumbling and this complaining. And I wonder what would they do under real persecution when they come into the church that way? And they're loved and embraced. Can you imagine? This means Joseph was taking an interest in people. He did not just wallow in his bad situation, right? 
Many people, when they go through terrible times, you know it because they take it out on the people around them, right? Oh, why'd you kick me? Why are you mad at me? Why are you angry? Because I got a problem, so now I want everyone else to be miserable as well. So I start taking it out on those around, but not Joseph. He attended to their needs. He cared for them, right? And then he says to them, do not interpretations belong to God. Tell me your dreams. By the way, um, Wednesday nights between 6.30 and around 8.15, 8.30, we're in the book of 1 Corinthians during that night. And we're going to get into chapter 12. Um, not this Wednesday, but the following Wednesday, I believe it is. Um, we'll be learning about, um, uh, well, it doesn't matter what chapter we are on right now. I think it's chapter 10 of 1 Corinthians uh, of 1 Corinthians, but we will be eventually learning about spiritual gifts here. And one of the spiritual gifts uh, is interpretations. Not everyone has that gift uh, from God. Not everyone has that gift in the church. And Joseph reminds us uh, of that, that interpretations are from God. And by the way, when we get into 1 Corinthians chapter 14, we'll also learn some uh, guidance of uh, orderly service. And when, it, when someone speaks out loud in an unknown tone, uh, tongue, um, so that the church could be edified, so the church could be encouraged and lifted up. Someone really should be given that uh, interpretation of that word. And Paul goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 28, if, if there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and to God. Now, what's interesting, it, he doesn't say that tongues should not be spoken in church. He doesn't say that if you can't interpret that you should be silent. He doesn't say if you can't interpret then you shouldn't give that that tongue either. He is saying that it is a gift from God. And if people in church are not using their God-given gifts or they're not operating in this particular gift, then remain silent in that particular church. Right? I believe that's what's being said. Remember, tongue is a prayer language unto God. It's between you and God, and when you pray out loud, uh, and you can't, uh, and, it, and, and it can't edify the church, or you can't understand what's being said, then you're supposed to be quiet. Uh, just like if someone walked in right now and came up to this pulpit, and I had them start presenting to you a foreign language that, that you did not know. If we could not understand that, then we would need an interpreter. We would need someone to translate that, that word. Uh, but this is a heavenly prayer language. That heavenly prayer language is a, is a gift from God, and it should be an operation and uh, to be used between you and God whenever you pray, actually, wherever you are, wherever you're praying, uh, in church, as you're driving, as you're walking, obviously not while you're talking, because people will definitely think you're strange, but when you're in your, your private room, um, when you're walking, when you're in church. Now, if you don't have that gift, it's okay. Ask God for it, pray for it, speak to him about it. But really, more importantly, seek the Lord. Dwell in his presence. Love the Lord's presence. We, don't just chase these dreams or these gifts or these other things. Learn to just bask in the Lord's presence. And then whatever gifts he has for you, receive them in Jesus' name. Amen? Receive them in Jesus name. Let's not prioritize them and have all these like superior Christians and not superior Christians. Wherever God has blessed you, whatever gift God has bestowed on you, wherever you find yourself in life, just enjoy God's gift. Ask for more if you want more. But if you're asking for more and you're not even using what you already have, why do you need more? Why do you need more if you're not doing what, using what you already have? But when you open your mouth in a church service to edify the church and to help build up uh, the church, if it's done with an unknown tongue, there must be an interpretation by another saint, right? A saint of God, I should say. And, well, a saint and a saint of God should be the, should be the same, but I just want to make sure we're, we're, we're saying the same thing today. And if you don't, if you have the gift of interpretation and you gave the tongue, well, that, that's fine uh, as well, then give it. But God has given gifts to the church and his people ought to use their gifts and there's so much silence in the church when really our gifts are supposed to be manifesting and being used um, but there also must be grace and i want you to get this this morning there must be grace as well people are going to make mistakes even when they're believers and they love the lord and they're fire for the lord they're going to make mistakes or they're going to use their gifts poorly or or wrongly so we need to give love and grace when people fail right hopefully we're failing forward and not failing backwards right uh, but god is still god God is still God, and He still wants us to go deeper with Him and enjoy His, 
his presence. But we don't all have every gift. Otherwise, we'd just be clones of ourselves. And that's not the way it is. We are the body of Christ. We're not clones uh, of Christ. But when the body of believers come together, we ought to be using our gifts and our voices and our talents and, uh, and everything that goes along with that. Joseph clearly states this in question form. Do not interpretations belong to God? Do not interpretations belong to God? And the answer is yes. Yes, they do. Yes, they belong to God. Then Joseph, having that gift of interpretation, says, tell me your dreams. And then both men proceed to tell Joseph their dreams. So the cupbearer got a good report. Within three days, you're going to be restored to Pharaoh. You're going to be restored to your position. And Joseph said to him, when all goes well with you, right, remember me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. I have done nothing here to, to deserve this. I, have des I, des I don't deserve to be in this dungeon. And then he interprets the chief baker's dream. It doesn't go well for the baker. His, his cake fell. All right. Joseph said within three days, right, Pharaoh will take off your head. He will lift off your head and hang on a, a tree. That's what my sound means to throw some kind of sound effects in there. I, I don't know. But, but anyway, and the chapter, uh, and that chapter, uh, Genesis 40, ends with us learning about Joseph and, and um, interprets the dream accuracy, accurately, I should say. And the cupbearer is restored to his position and the baker is killed. But that, that last verse kind of ends by saying this, the chief cupbearer, however, however, when someone says however or but, if then, pay attention, because something's going to transition here. However, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. Wow. I think possibly wor worse than being trapped in a position is being forgotten in that position. Being trapped and forgotten. And two more years now are going to go by, and he's still in prison. Now, let me quickly give you some timelines here if you want to do some kind of investigation of, of Scripture. Let me give you some timelines here. We learned that Joseph probably lived in Potiphar's house maybe for around 11 years. Uh, we don't know how long that he actually was in that house um, or how to even deal with Potiphar's wife, but we know it was a long time. Genesis 37, if you want to take this note, Genesis 37 verse 32, it tells us that Joseph was 17 years old and we learn, um, and he was tending uh, sheep and then he had these dreams and his brothers uh, plotted to kill him and plotted, to, uh, uh, not, and then more than plotted, they actually sold him into slavery. In Genesis 41 verse 1, we learn that two more years have gone by and he's in prison after he gave the cupbearer the interpretation. And now in 40, chapter 41, verse 46, it tells us that Joseph is now 30 years old when he appears before Pharaoh. So he was possibly in Pharaoh's house now for 11 years, or, or we know that maybe he's in prison more than two years. But in any case, we find that he's enslaved probably for around 11 to 13 years, trapped in a life that he didn't want, trapped in a life he didn't expect, trapped in a life that he never even asked for, just found himself trapped. And so when we learn about Joseph, and we learn about Joseph's story, we learn about a young man who's not only trapped, but he's also blessed. He faces great trials. He faces great adversity. And most of his life, he's trapped. And then we see that he's forgotten, which would cause great pain for, for most of us. And being forgotten is hard to deal with. Being forgotten is rough. If you ever experienced that in your life, you know how hard this must have been for Joseph, just being forgotten, waiting for daddy to show up and he doesn't show up, waiting for mom to come and she never comes, waiting for a family member who keeps promising to be around and never shows up. But thank God Joseph was never abandoned by his God. Joseph was not forgotten by God. He was remembered and, re and released by God. It just doesn't happen in Joseph's timing. And I would just say to us, church, that so many things just don't happen in our timing. Don't give up on God because God hasn't given up on you. He was remembered and he was released. And God has a plan for Joseph. And even though his brothers and Satan and other had all had other plans for him, 
God's plans are sovereign. God's plans are good. God's plans are just. God's plans are right all the time. God's plans are supreme. I don't know if you're getting this today, but I hope, I, hope you, I hope you are inside your mind. You're getting this. God is supreme and God is sovereign. And God had a plan for Joseph, even though his brothers um, had a different plan. And his, and his plans will ultimately win the day. God's plans will ultimately win the day. Uh, but it doesn't always play out the way we want it to play out, right? But God is still in control. Can you say God is in control? I think I need someone to wake up today. God is in control. Say it again with like you mean it. God is in control. Hallelujah. God knows the next steps. God knows where you're going. God knows where you're going to end up. God knows what you're going to do next. But God still is in control over it because he could snuff you out in a second if he needed to, if he wanted to, right? He could turn you into a chicken or a bird and have you come with claws and walk in a field. Like he can do that. Don't think he can't do that. He can do that. You read some things in scripture. Some things are cra- kind of crazy out there. Oh, axe handle, rise. Oh, here's your axe handle back. There's some crazy stuff in the Bible, right? There is. I don't know. Am I the only one reading it? There's definitely some crazy stuff in the Bible. All right. And these trials and these situations, um, some of these things can be avoided by healthy living, by living rightly, by following Godly's plans and purposes. And, and we, but we also have to understand that you could do everything right and you could still end up in a prison and you can end up trapped. Doesn't always work that way out. Um, we know that it's not always the case. And Jesus went to the cross to save us, right? To set us free. He, he died there for our sins, not for any of sins that he did, but he had to go to the cross and he was the perfect one, the perfect lamb of God, and yet he had to go to the cross for us. Right? He was convicted of things that he did not do. He died so that we can live. And so we are to live an exciting life, an abundant life in Christ Jesus. A happy life. We should be happy, happy, happy people. Why are so many Christians miserable? I have no idea. But we are to also rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. Be happy. Have the joy of the Lord in your heart at all times. He died so that we can live. He died so that we can spend eternity with him. He died so that we can just... Have a victorious life in him. He paid the price, a life for a life. He gave his life. And it's through the work at the cross that we get our life and we can live. We have been redeemed and we are saved because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And because he lives, we can face tomorrow. We have to put our trust and faith in him and him alone. Now we see in the New Testament, Paul was in prison. Paul was trapped. Paul was shipwrecked. Paul was bitten by a viper. And yet he was doing what God called him to do. So sometimes people say, close doors. And I say, no, open doors. When you hear from God and he says, go, I don't care what door is blocking you. You go anyway, whether you're bit by a viper or shipwrecked or in prison. If he says, go, you go. If he says, go, you prepare. If he says, go, get ready, get ready, get ready. Because a new day is happening tomorrow. He says to go to the other side. He will get you to the other side. I believe that in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. God's plans and purposes, I believe, are going to be fulfilled in our lives as we are are faithful with with what he gives us. Now, not all the apostles, most of the apostles, they're killed, right? We see that. They're killed for their faith. And yet they continue putting forth God's purpose and plans. And so having the favor of God on your life doesn't automatically mean life's going to be perfect. Having the favor of God doesn't automatically mean financial prosperity either or wealth. I mean, I listen to the prosperity teachers now and then. I, I get a good laugh. There's some nuggets there that are, that are real. There's some really good nuggets there, but you've got to figure out what's real and what's fake. And if you can't do that, don't listen to them. It doesn't mean that no harm's going to come to you. It doesn't mean that no harm's going to come to your family. It doesn't mean if you get $1,000 to the church, you're going to get $10,000 tomorrow or a Lincoln or a Bentley or a Caddy or whatever your favorite car is. Though that would be nice, wouldn't it? And then I would say, let's take a collection. You'll get a Caddy, you get a Caddy, you get a Caddy. We'll just work it through until we all get Caddies. It doesn't work like that, church. I've given tens of thousands of dollars, and I know many other people have done that too over my life. I'm 56 years old. I've been tithing and giving generously to the church since I was a little kid, since I had a few dollars in my pocket. We were taught that way. We did that. We lived that way. I don't have a Caddy, though I once did for a, a year. 
But that's another story. Come see me afterwards. That doesn't matter. That's not why I got the caddy. Trust me. But anyway, um, it was a gift and it was a lemon. I had to get rid of it. Though, now, I'll, I'll say this. I went from a car A to a caddy. And when I got into the caddy, I went, it's not really just a tool anymore. It is a caddy. But I, I, I had to get rid of it. Anyway, um, I don't know why I told you that. It really doesn't matter. It just, whatever. I... I I got to go on. I got to go on. I got to get myself into a hole here. But the point is, the point is, stay focused on God's words. <laughs> so I'm just showing you how you can get, go somewhere else, right? Uh, it doesn't mean you will never be trapped in your life. It doesn't mean you won't be trapped in life's worries, in life's woes. Uh, but it does mean as believers that we're highly favored. We are highly favored. Now, our God is rich. Our God is more than capable of making things work out for good for them and that love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Amen? And if God is for us, who could be against us? He's a mighty warrior. Amen? He, he's a loving God. If he's for us, who can be against us? We're victors because oh, Christ has overcome the world. Christ has overcome the grave. Oh, man, that, that should excite us in our core. Because he lives, we can face tomorrow. We can face today. We can face next week. We can face next year. And for those of us who are born-again believers, we have such a great hope and faith in Christ Jesus. He's a blessed hope, and he's coming back for us. And we're going to spend eternity with him. We have a great hope and future in Christ Jesus. That's exciting. Joseph's remembered and released. And then the chief cupbearer says to Pharaoh, Today I am reminded of my shortcomings. Pharaoh was once angry with his servant, and he imprisoned me, and the chief baker in the house of the captain of the guard, each of us had a dream on the same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. Now, a young Hebrew, again Joseph, was with us, and a servant of the he's a servant of the captain of God, who we told him our dreams, and he interpreted them for us, giving each man the interpretation of his dream, and things turned out exactly as he interpreted them to us. I was restored to my position, and the other man was hanged. Joseph is finally remembered and he's released. He's remembered, and he's released. Verse 14, so Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and he was quickly brought from the, the dungeon. When he shaved and changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream. No one, no one in his kingdom can interpret it. But I heard that you can. When you have a dream, you can interpret it. I cannot do it. Good thing Pharaoh paused for a second, right? But God can. But God can, right? But God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. Now, I love this part of the scripture that Joseph doesn't elevate himself. Uh, too many people do that. They speak about their credentials. They speak about the great things that they have done. They speak about so many things. But they seem to forget God in the process. How sad that is. All glory needs to go to God. All glory goes to God, church. All glory goes to God. When you give your testimony, if you ain't pointing to Jesus, it ain't a testimony. It ain't a real testimony. It ain't a Christian testimony. Let's put it, put it that way. It might be a nice story, right? Be careful of self-elevation uh, and exalting oneself. Joseph makes it very clear that this gift is a gift from God. He makes it very clear that interpretations is not of his own doing. It's a gift from God. His gifts and his accomplishments are because of God. Those gifts and those interpretations come from God. And he's remaining faithful to God each and every day. So Pharaoh tells Joseph uh, his dream. And verse 28 tells us uh, of Genesis 41. It's just as I said to Pharaoh. God has shown Pharaoh what he's about to do. Seven years of great abundance are coming throughout the land of Egypt, but seven years of famine is going to follow. Then, then all the abundance, all the abundance in Egypt will be forgotten and the famine will ra ravage the land. The abundance in the land will not be remembered because the famine will, um, because the famine that follows will be so severe. The reason the dream was given to Pharaoh in two forms is that the matter has been firmly decided by God and God will do this very soon. So there will be seven years of reaping and seven years of famine. And verse 33, Joseph says, and now let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man and put him in charge of the land of Egypt. And then proceeds to give Pharaoh a plan of action. 
Look at the wisdom of Joseph. How wise was Joseph? He takes the situation and he provides a, a plan of attack. He sees an opportunity to be freed and, and, and to uh, get out of his entrapment. And he, and he does that. And he, and he, and he goes forward and he gives, he gives this word. So many people today wonder why uh, they can't get out or they can't get ahead at their job and they grumble and they complain about it. Or maybe you just feel trapped at, at your job. And so... You wind up doing the least amount. I'm not happy, so I'm going to do the least amount of things that I can do. But remember Joseph's story in those moments. He's trapped, but he's highly favored from God. Remember, God is always watching. God is always around, and God is always watching. And God is the one that elevates us higher and higher and higher. So when you're feeling blue, when you're feeling trapped, when you feel like I'm not going to go to work, make sure uh, you, you, you do what's right. When you're feeling trapped, let others know uh, about your faith. When you're feeling trapped, keep in mind um, or, or, or stay occupied with your work that God has given you. Remember, we work unto God. Look for opportunities and capitalize on that. When you're trapped, call sin, sin. When you're trapped, call sin, sin. Don't yield to it. Identify it and flee from it. A sin will take you further than you want to go. It will always take you further than you want to go. And remember, it affects those that are around you as well. So watch how you respond. Watch what you say. Watch your actions. Watch your life and your testimony closely when you're going through hard times. Joseph said no with his actions. Joseph said no with his actions. It wasn't just words. He said no with his actions. So many people say no with their mouth only. And then five minutes later, like, like you just said you weren't going to do that, and you did that. Like, it, blow, it blows my mind. What just happened here? How did you end up there? How did you end up marrying that person? What just happened here? Like, wh what's going on here? And even though he was thrown into prison, and, and you can say the situation grew worse, God is with him. God, he's highly favored by God. He's blessed beyond measure by God. When we humble ourselves in the presence of God, he will lift you up higher and higher and higher. This is scripture. This is his word. He will lift you higher and higher and higher in his perfect timing. And not your own. And so Pharaoh says in, in verses 41 through 44, So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. What's up? He put it on his neck and he had this riderless chariot as a second in command. And then um, a shouted before him, make a way, make a way. Thus he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, but without your word, no one will lift a hand or foot in all of Egypt. Wow, from a pit to a prison, right? It's amazing, from a prison to a palace because God favored him. Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of the Pharaoh, a king of Egypt, and he was given, in a sense, the, kings, uh, the keys to the kingdom. And whatever he wanted to do, he was able to do. Pharaoh even gave him his daughter, at his wife. Your circumstances and your upbringing do not dictate your success in life. Oh, you need to get that, underline that, and highlight that. Oh, you might feel trapped. You might even be trapped. But with God, none of that really matters. Um, when he is with you, when he is for you, and you understand that, you receive him as your Lord. and You receive him as your Savior. Everything starts to change. I believe that in my heart and core. Your outlook starts to change. Your attitude starts to change. Your life starts to change. And things will look different because things will be different because you are different. And when you're changed and transformed from the inside out and the glory of God starts shining through you, you're going to look different. Your life is going to be different. Well, people are meant to hurt Joseph and to bring him down. God had other plans to ultimately lift him up and bring him to the highest position in the land, second only to Pharaoh. As the story advances, his brothers will eventually come to Egypt and get food and supplies. They will reestablish Joseph with their, with their father, and he will be reestablished with his brothers. And, and when their brothers realize that Joseph becomes the most powerful person in Egypt next to Pharaoh, that scared them. Yo, you've been messing with this guy. You've been kicking him around for 17 years, and man, now he's, he's the top dog. Man, he's the big time, big leagues now. But Joseph says to him in Genesis 50, verse 19 through 20, 
Don't be afraid, my brothers, if I can say it that way. I'm in the place of God. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. Remember, he has, he has great wealth now. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. Joseph was remembered by God. Joseph was remembered by men. He was eventually remembered and united by his brothers and his family. God can mend and restore broken relationships. Amen. God can restore and mend broken relationships. We just need to turn our life back over to God. Yeah, hallelujah. God was with Joseph, and even though he was trapped, even though he felt trapped and went through many struggles, I believe God's plans, and God had good plans, and they're good plans, and he's with us regardless of where we start off, regardless of where we are, right, and what we're going through. We need to trust him and obey him and, and believe that those plans that he has for us are good, and they're going to come to be. In the next few minutes, I just want us to think about this. If these things never happen to Joseph, Joseph never makes it to Egypt. He never gets sold into slavery. He never makes it into Potiphar's house. He never makes it into prison. He never meets the key people who knew Pharaoh. He never gets to interpret Pharaoh's dreams. He never becomes the second person in charge, which then means his family, his country, his brothers, his friends, and uh, the surrounding nations never receive that word that a great famine's coming and, and they're unable to prepare for it. So many things just would not happen. In fact, a fact, his family, if they died in Canaan because of this terrible famine that took place, right? The land was wasted for seven years. The Messiah would not have come through the line of Judah, Joseph's brother. And I mean, you can keep going. Jesus would have never been born. Jesus would have never gone to the cross in this world. And the people in this world would have no future. And we would have no hope if these things did not happen. And wow, so many have just felt trapped. But was he really trapped? Are we really trapped? Or is he just in a, in a holding pattern waiting for his assignment for now? Some of us are in a, in a holding pattern. Some of us are, are waiting for our next assignment. And when we start looking at life through a God lens, instead of who hates us or what went wrong or how trapped we feel in our current situations, things are going to start to change when we start seeing things through God lens because we start to change. We can ask God, hey, why? Why is this happening? Or what's next for me? Or, or help me live out my purpose that you have for me wherever I am and whatever I'm doing. Because during this time is maybe a time that we grow in character. That, um, that you grow for your next season. And maybe um, the position isn't ready for you yet. You've heard my testimony where I prayed for a position and I got it. I just had to wait a few months. But the answer was yes. It's yours. But the ramification of it, the receiving of it, just took, took time. Maybe the position is just not ready yet. There are many reasons why... Um, it can feel like we're being held back or delayed in our current situation, but let's start looking through a God lens. Let's start looking at things knowing that God has a plan and a purpose for us, and they're good. Plan and purpose for our life. Um, they're good. Don't focus on your situation. Focus on God and learn to dwell in his presence. Dwell in the house of the Lord. His plans are good. And let me read the scripture from you. Most of you might know it looking at this group today. Jeremiah 29, beginning at verse 11 just so I can encourage you this morning a little further, because you know what, at the end of the day, my words mean very little, believe it or not. But God's words matter much. Life and death are in his words. And when we really understand how much he loves us and cares for us, our viewpoint should change, our action should change, or, um, because we're changed. So Jeremiah 29, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not harm you. Plans to give you a hope in a future. Then... Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Hallelujah. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. And while this is spoken to, I believe, a chosen group of people, I truly believe this will happen in the future. It has started to happen already. We see people that are being scattered come back to uh, return to Israel. And whether they will Israel, the, 
the, the, the Jewish people never be scattered again because of their unfaithfulness. I really don't know that, but I believe that, that they will return during, for sure, during the millennial reign of Christ, which, which is what we teach in this, uh, in this church, which comes after the tribulation time, that seven-year uh, Jacob's trouble-type time is going to follow the church age. We're living now in the church age. I believe also the book of Acts is an open book, and and we're living during the time of the Acts of the Apostles. That's the time we're living right now in the church age. God is still moving. God is still breathing. God is still doing some great things. God is still in the miracle business. Don't let anyone tell you he's not doing miracles anymore. God is still touching lives and transforming lives, right? If it wasn't, we would really have no hope, but we do have the hope in Christ Jesus. He's tra transforming people's hearts and minds through the po his power and through his authority, and get this, through his church as well. I believe that not only is scripture speaking about Israel or the Jewish people, but he's speaking prophetically about his church. Not only this church, but the global church around the world. We are his church. We are the body of believers. We are his bride. We are saints of God. We are his hands and his feet and his mouth extended. And so I believe that this prophecy, prophecy expands to his church as well. He will bring us out of captivity, those who have seen Jesus Christ, the Messiah, as their Lord and Savior. And one day Christ is going to return to earth. One day Christ is going to set up his uh, kingdom for a thousand years. It will be centered around Jerusalem. Remember, Jesus is Jewish. Jesus is the Jewish Messiah. Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Messiah to all of us who place our faith and trust in him. He is King Jesus, the resurrected one, right? And we are to submit to him. And, and this is going to happen. His kingdom will be set up and Jerusalem is going to be the main place, whether we like it or not. It's going to happen as scripture has declared it. And those who reject him, they will eventually be denied access to him for all eternity. Unless they re repent in this time while they're living on earth. All you have to do is ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. Ask him to come into your life, right? Lord, be my Lord, be my savior, forgive me of my sins. I repent for my sins. And then I believe you will stop being blessed beyond imagination. In fact, you can't even comprehend what you're lacking because it's all foolishness to you without Christ Jesus because you're not moving motivated by the Spirit of God and so until you receive Jesus by faith you don't you it's even hard for you to understand what I might, I might be even saying and what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see right and so I fully believe this Bible prophecy is for his church not just for the Jewish people for those who are part of the natural vine for those who are being also grafted into the vine we trust Jesus and when we do that, we become part of his vine. We become part of the family of God. So no matter where you find yourself, trapped in a pit, trapped in a prison, trapped even in a palace or even in wealth, know that once again, when you receive Jesus and you become his disciple, when you become a born-again believer, a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, he will lead you and he will guide you, amen? He will lead you and he will guide you. He will not force himself upon you, not in any way. We're truly trapped, then you're not walking in agreement with God. Think about it. As long as we're going through life on our own, and we're doing our own thing, you are truly trapped then. There's no way out. Even if you get out on earth, you'll never make it to heaven. So you're seriously trapped. But when we release our will, and surrender our will to Him, to God, everything changes. As we immerse ourselves in the Holy Scriptures and allow the Holy Spirit to, to move in our hearts and lives, so many things in your life are gonna change. There'll be a transformation, there'll be healing, there'll be greater days ahead for you. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, and always acknowledge Him. And the word says he will make your path straight. Regardless if you start off bad or you find yourself in a bad place mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally in a sense, you feel trapped in one's life, trust God. Lean 
on him. Lean not on your own understanding. He eventually will take the crooked road and make it straight for you. There'll be many blessings to follow. How you live, how you act, how you behave matters to God. Your integrity, your character, your honesty, your purity, your love, it all matters to God. It all matters to God, church. And we ought to be advancing and excelling in those things. When nobody seems to care, when you feel trapped in life, when things don't go your way, or how you ex uh, planned or expected, God still loves you. And God still cares about you. Joseph went from the prison to the palace, from being trapped with no future or hope, and what he can see with his natural eyes. But he never gave in to those circumstances, right? He remained faithful to God, faithful to the very end. And he was elevated to the highest position in the land, second only to Pharaoh himself. And while the story might be different for you, your story might look a little different. We serve the same God, church. We serve the living God. He's alive, he's well, and he's active, church. You need to get that today. And if we remain close to God and we walk faithfully with God the rest of our life, we too will be blessed. We too can be taken to new heights, greater heights than we can even imagine. God is faithful, God is good, and God is on the throne. Hallelujah, would you stand with me? And for those who don't know Jesus Christ, once again, just speak to him from your heart. Lord, forgive me, Lord, forgive me. Lord, I repent. Anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved, and you will become part of the family of God. Then go live for him. For those who are still believers, you're feeling trapped in your life and you say hey there's just no way out God cares for you God loves you and he will give you a way of escape lay those burdens at his feet lay those burdens at his feet lay those burdens at his altar do the right thing and trust him with you today and your tomorrow but lay those burdens down and don't pick them up again he will see you through to the other side. Father God, I just pray blessings over this word and everything that we've heard today and everything that we've done. Settle it in your hearts, Lord, that though we might feel trapped, we're not trapped when we're in Christ Jesus. And victory is ours today and in the future. In Jesus' name, amen. These altars are open. Let's worship the Lord just for another few moments. For every and all I hope for, the promises you spoke over me, I hold in faith, they're not forgotten, in spite of what I feel or what I see, and oh, I'm choosing to. 
Hallelujah. We are blessed, church. We are blessed. I'm not just saying I'm blessed or we're blessed. We are blessed. We have a beautiful church, and you guys are all beautiful, beautiful people here. Let the love of the Lord shine through you all week long. Make sure you're telling people of, of the love of Christ that you have. Time, the ends are, are over. People are so trapped, they need to know Jesus. And if we're not going to tell them, who's going to tell them? So spend time this week praying for people, loving people, and telling them about your faith and your walk with Christ. Encourage them in Christ Jesus. Father God, be with us, Lord. Help us, Lord, in our endeavors. Help us, Lord, when we're feeling low and feeling trapped and things aren't going our favor. Lord, give us a good word. Bring the right people into our path, Lord. And help us, Lord, to bring a good word to someone else as well. Bless all that is said and done and, and, and our comings and our goings. In, in Jesus' name, amen. Welcome someone. Greet them in Christ Jesus.